Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Hello, and thank you for being a listener. We are getting close to the two-year anniversary of the new warehouse, and we are evolving. When I think of the warehouse and all aspects that surround it, safety is always number one. Starting today, I will be having the guest or guests, in some instances, share their top safety tip. This week, we will hear from today's guest, Lior Elizari from Envia Robotics. Please send me your feedback on this edition at kevin at thenewwarehouse.com. And now, for your safety tip. Uh, I think probably the most important thing is to really leverage uh, the latest in intelligent technology and to make sure that, you know, that's being used to keep people safe and efficient. Uh, for example, you know, software uh, can keep people distance apart during this COVID uh, world and robots can do the work that uh, not only maybe is dangerous, but also mind numbing, right? Uh, safety can happen from doing the same thing over and over again and kind of, <laughs> you know, not paying attention and running to a forklift. So by having other tasks being done by robots that are taking care of it and then having uh, software that really guides people and making sure that they're staying safe. I think that's probably the best thing you could do at the warehouse. Fulfillment demand continues to skyrocket and outpace available labor. To keep up, warehouse operators are turning to flexible fulfillment solutions like Six River Systems. Utilizing Six River Systems' award-winning combination of collaborative robots, artificial intelligence, and operational expertise will make your associates and wall-to-wall fulfillment workflow more efficient. No new infrastructure, no change to warehouse layout, easy to deploy and scale, easy to train and retain associates, all at half the cost of traditional automation. Want to take your fulfillment operation to the next level? Go to www.sixriver.com to learn more. That's www.sixriver.com to learn more. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I am going to be joined by previous guest, Lior Elazari. He is the CEO and founder at Envia Robotics. The last time we talked to Lior was in Modex in 2020 in person, uh, like right before everything crazy happened. Um, and now, obviously, we're talking virtually, uh, which is still good, too. Um, so we're going to catch up a little bit with Envia. Um, and we're also going to dive a little more into the inventory control and order accuracy aspect that NVIDIA brings to the table um, and get a little contrast on how that is against some other automation uh, products in the inventory control space. Um, and just, I guess, hear a little bit too about what's been going on with NVIDIA since, since Modex and during the pandemic and all that. So, Lior, welcome to the show. How are you? 
Very good. Thank you very much for having me on the show again, Kevin. Uh, you know, really glad to be here. And like you said, it's just amazing of how the world has changed completely since we last met yeah. about a year ago, right? So yeah, we're actually uh, yeah. At the time we're recording this, we're probably about a, a month from uh, our one year anniversary of meeting. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the world has changed one eighty degrees. Right? I know it's hard to believe. Yeah, so why yeah. don't you give us um, for maybe those people that aren't familiar with Nvidia didn't get the chance to listen to the last episode. If you missed the last episode, it's episode sixty. So check it out. Um, just give us a little brief overview of what it is you guys do. Sure. So at Nvidia Robotics, um, you know, we build AI-powered driven robotics um, and that basically help e-commerce, e-commerce customers uh, run their warehouses like a very well-oiled, tuned, you know, high-powered engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's extremely important nowadays because we live this in on-demand world. Like everybody wants their product now, now, now. And we're enabling our customers to keep up with that demand, but not only... Uh, you know, which some of them are calling uh, surviving. It's really thriving in this market and allowing them to expand the warehouse and provide even more services, you know, even increased SLAs where they can, you know, bring those items even quicker. Uh, So that's really what uh, we're about. And we do that through both software and hardware such as robots. All right, nice. So now talk to us a little bit about, because last time we talked, as we mentioned, was, uh, I think it was was probably like a week before everything just went crazy shutdown you know, yeah. world change right so uh tell us a little bit about you know how how has nvia done during the pandemic and you know have you guys seen much change in your business or higher demand what, what's been going on yeah so i mean we were fortunate enough to be in a type of business that i think um had a lot of demand mm-hmm. um you know from what happened with covid a lot of our customers have increased their volumes you know threefold during like May, June, which they never really have done before. Right? Usually their peak is around December. Right. And we were really able to be there for them, providing both more robots, but also uh, increase some of the software to increase the speed of the robots in order to uh, you know fulfill faster with the same uh, pool of hardware that they have. Um, and then some other things that uh, you know we kind of ran into. First, uh, we have a system that not only drives robots, but also drives efficiency with people. So it guides people to, you know, do various tasks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the first things we actually came up with was to make sure that people stay apart from each other, you know, more than six feet. So inside the warehouse, the way the system is guiding uh, tasks, not just to the robots, but for people as well, is to keep them away from each other. So not to catch, uh, you know, the COVID, uh, uh, you know, uh, virus. Okay. The, the other thing that we were able to work on, which was really exciting, is to really introduce, we had a picker wall which is a very unique concept mm-hmm. where the robots are actually doing work overnight, setting up all the orders for the next day. And then a person will come in and pick those orders very, very quickly. And that turned out to be very beneficial during this COVID times. Because a lot of times in some of our customers, you know, they did have somebody who got COVID. They had to shut down the warehouse. Mm. Uh, Fumigate had everybody test. But all while the warehouse was shut down, the robots were still able to do the work. Uh, So compared to some other technology where you have to have the person with the robot doing the work, otherwise, if the person is not there, the robot can't do anything, uh, we're actually able to fulfill like a lot of the orders ahead of time. And then when the person comes in, they'll just pack it. So that actually helped a lot. Uh, And then the last piece that um, really kind of was, you know, fairly complex at first, but was actually made us even better now is remote deployments. So we had a deployment uh, that was supposed to go on in Japan. 
and uh, they basically you know uh, closed all the borders to every non-nationals we could not even get there yeah. uh, the robots did arrive there but now we have to basically deploy it and we're able to deploy everything remotely uh, from the United States, uh, the customers had to do, you know, a little bit of work, mm-hmm. but that was really powerful because a system like an SRS or a goods to person system in the past has never been able to be done completely remote. Right. right. And this time we were able to do everything remotely. And one of the biggest change we did is for the robots to actually map completely themselves. So as soon as the robots arrived there, uh, we uploaded some new code to them. They turn on the robots and the robots just by themselves start roaming around, learning the warehouse, learning where everything is. And they were able to go right to work. Wow. Uh, before it required a person to kind of show the robot, okay, you have to go here. You have to basically drive and you know, the a, robot. Give a little tour, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's really cool, actually. And uh, I think remote deployment is, I guess, it's not only uh, a useful thing during you know the pandemic, but I'm sure like it's going to increase you know efficiency on your end and also on the operations end as well. Um, and probably help to save on some of the implementation costs. I would imagine uh, in the long run too. When we're even when yeah. we're post pandemic, it's it's useful. So, yeah. so it's interesting to see how those types of things. And you know, as I've talked to other people, it's kind of like the pandemic has driven them to to ramp up and accelerate their technology plans and get there. And you, as you said, not necessarily survive, but figure out how to how to thrive as well. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's really good stuff. And I guess uh, I refresh my memory because I, I think it's, you know, the concept that you're talking about where you're able to utilize it in the evening or during a downtime to set up all the orders is because it's set up sort of like, uh, you mentioned a pick wall, like a, like a put wall, right? So it, it sets everything up, the robots in that space, and then it's just up to the people to come in and, and pack the orders, correct? Yeah, exactly. So oh. imagine like the, the old way of... Uh, of having like a pick module, mm. but a pick module, you'll have to put the order, the, the inventory containers ahead of time, like maybe even a week or two days or something right. like that. Here we're doing it in real time. So actually each individual skew is for a particular order already. So the whole orders are just laid out in there. And as soon as you pick from one toad then a robot will go in, take that toad and replace it with another one. Mm. So we could actually build this big, wall uh overnight with all the current orders right that have came in or even you know during the day when the warehouse has been shut down yeah so then when the people come in the next day they're just packed basically just packing uh the orders and that made a huge difference because it just completely decoupled you know the people from the robots so the robots can now operate basically 24 7 building that wall all the time and then people Mm -hmm. come in whenever it's convenient for them pack the order and then they you know let the robots do their job yeah, that's really great, especially to to kind of maximize on that downtime instead of basically losing that time completely. And yeah. I guess it's not necessarily downtime anymore. And exactly. I was just thinking, like, I had uh, here in New Jersey, and we just had, like, a big snowstorm last uh, yep. Sunday through Tuesday. Well, I guess it en- ended yesterday early, uh, Wednesday. But, yeah, I mean, we had, uh, and, you know, I work in a warehouse during the day, and, yeah, we came in for a couple of hours, had to had to shut down. So, like, having something like that be able to still be in play when you're, you're dealing with unexpected situations like that um, where you can't do much, uh, you're kind of tied when it comes to the human aspect. You can still have something yeah. working in the background. So that's a really, really great solution. Yeah, no, that, that really helped a lot, and uh, especially with a lot of our customers. I can tell you that pretty much probably around 90% of them at one point or another, had a COVID case and had to shut down the warehouse for today. Uh-huh. Um, it's just, you know, yeah. 
pretty sad, but at least, you know, they weren't, they weren't so far behind at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 So it's a good thing to have a nice contingency plan. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one thing, you know, when we talked back at Modex, um, and you know, I'm a big inventory control guy. That's my background. So anytime I hear inventory, I kind of, my ears kind of stick up a little bit, right? Uh, so, you know, one thing that kind of stood out was the inventory control aspect of your solution. So can you talk to us, tell us a little bit about how, how that works again? We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Sure. So first, you know, like the the basic task is really the fact that the robots are what we call the grid or the pick zone, wherever Mm -hmm. usually people call that, but that's where all the racks are. The robots are operating in that area. So first of all, the robots, you know, don't make any mistakes. So if a toad is there, it's actually to a fault, right? So if they, if you tell them to go in and pick a toad from a particular location and the toad is there, we know about it right away. I'm like a person who would be like, maybe forget about it and not even say anything. Right. We have that problem over and over again. And we notice that because every time we introduce our system, uh, maybe around 15 or 20%, even some of them, uh, have mistakes, right, on totes that somebody has put the tote in the wrong place and mm-hmm. haven't told anybody. So right away, the robots basically fix all of those uh, little issues. And then when you introduce new items into the warehouse, you actually use sort of the same wall that we're doing to picker wall, but in reverse. So people from the uh, inbound will just put those totes on a rack, and they can put it in any way, shape, or form, however they want to do it. The robots will go read the tote, understand what it is, and then go file it away. So we know exactly where it goes to, we mm. never lose it, and we know what's inside uh, the inventory. We even have ways of weighing the totes as well to figure out how much is in there, and by weight mm. infer sort of you know how many items are either left in there or how many items are in there total. So that's step number one, and that's sort of cleaning up, right? So getting the inventory to be as correctly as possible. Right. The other step, is maintaining some of the density uh, uh, things inside the warehouse. So, for example, every time we have an empty tote that has been picked, we don't go and put it back where we find it. We actually put it away into the replenishment area to replant that. Mm -hmm. That allows you to actually say, if you ever walk around inside a a warehouse, you always see a lot of empty slots or empty totes where there used to be an inventory there, but nobody has utilized it. So we can constantly utilize that in a real-time basis to keep it as dense as possible. Mm. We can also consolidate totes. So one of the things that we notice with a lot of uh, customers, they have some seasonal items. So you might have some items that, you know, from Christmas, let's say uh, December, that now you have one Christmas ornament left in this one tote that most likely is not going to get touched for the whole year, maybe at the end, maybe in December. (laughs) So what we can do is we bring some of those totes in and either we create a mixed uh, skew tote where you take all those items and then, so the robots will bring all those totes into a person and then the person will take those items, file them into one tote and then those totes goes away and you just might, you know, you just might have freed for that one in item 
you know, like maybe three or four toads. Yeah. Um, the other option is, let's say there's two toads with about half the inventory in this one, half the inventory in this one, and they can consolidate it into one. So we can consolidate in different ways, but the idea is to save that density and to remove a lot of the totes that really are holding empty space, right? A lot of times you see these totes and there's just one item inside of them and it's just holding complete empty space and utilizing um, or losing all that density. Right. And then lastly, the one things we could do as well is fix problems in real time as, as they happen. So uh, as you know, like there's still going to be issues. I mean, we're dealing with people after all at some aspect, right? Somebody could yeah. just say put the wrong item in there or something like that and, and we you know people are the worst that. right yeah exactly <laughs> so as the tote comes in when somebody identifies that issue we flag this tote right away and then we can either take it for somebody to fix it or we can take it to another place to somebody to fix it later on mm. but the goal is that as soon as somebody identifies a mistake we know about it and we go and fix it and then from the order point of view we might go grab another tote that has that skew and finish that order, get that out the door, okay. and then we go and deal with that toe. So the the um, the concept here is to deal with the mistakes in real time because mm. previously what would happen is, you know, slowly there's a mistake and somebody will just leave it and those mistakes start building and building and building and then you get, right. you know, really your, your, what's in your database doesn't match what's inside your warehouse. And that's why you sometimes do an audit and you got to yeah, shut down the whole warehouse and it's a big deal, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh- uh, so when they find the mistake, it's the robot that's that's finding the mistake, essentially, right? It's calling it out, or is it um, a human, too? Uh, well? No, it's like, it would be the person. So like the, mm-hmm. tote, like the robot will bring a tote to a person, and the person okay. will be like, yeah, no, that's not the, uh, you know, whatever uh, you know, item it is, the basket yeah. bullets. And that's really spoons. And as soon as they do that, now it gets fixed, or even, like I said, if they don't trust that person to make that call, mm-hmm. it will go somewhere else. But the goal is to fix that mistake in real time. Uh, some of them, we can know that there's mistakes, like I mentioned, through by weighing the tote automatically. So right. we know that, hey, we thought there's 50 pieces here. It doesn't look like it because from the weight, it looks like there's only 10. Yeah. So do we want to send it to a cycle counting station or something like that to fix that? But the goal is to fix those mistakes in real time because that helps throughout the whole warehouse and basically limit that, uh, you know, get that throughput even higher. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so it's interesting because you're able to kind of track it more accurately, and like you said, the real time, and uh, totally know what you're talking about. Somebody comes across it, and they're like, "Oh, it's the wrong thing," but I'm trying to make my numbers, so I just put it to the side. Somebody else will fix exactly. it, right? And it doesn't get yeah, fixed for like a month. Else. Yeah, yeah. Nobody says anything, and it's like three weeks later, and all of a sudden, you don't have enough for an order because you can't find the pieces. It's like, yep. Why didn't you say something? But so, and we've been in warehouses where, you know, those mistakes end up being like just so bad that you know yeah. like you have somebody who's going and picking, but maybe like I said, twenty, thirty percent of his path is just really he's not getting anything because every place that he goes to, it's not the wrong, it's the wrong item, it's not the right item. Right. Yeah. So it makes a big difference too, right? So you utilizing your labor to be much better than what it was before. Yeah, definitely. So, because it, it's kind of compounding as well. So, you know, when yeah. the robot, I, you mentioned there in uh, the cycle counting station. So, how how does something like that work? Like, because you know, typically if we're doing um, cycle counting, you know, we have a certain certain amount of counts we need to do and things of that nature. So, is the robot able to be tapped into the cycle counting program and will bring totes to a person to count, or how how does that work? 
Yeah, so we actually have, there's two uh, pieces to that. The first piece is the software side. Mm -hmm. So on the software side, we know which totes were touched okay. and which totes might or might not have the right uh, you know, uh, inventory. We also have some other things that the customer says. So for example, if the tote has more than 50 of the SKUs, then I'm okay with it. I don't need to have a great inventory. Mm -hmm. But if it has five, I want to know that because if I sold against that five, you know, I, I want to make sure that we have that. So we have some algorithms that intelligently decide what to cycle count. Once we decide that, there's two ways that the robots will cycle count it. One is to bring it over to a person, and then the person will look inside and says, yeah, no, this is the right, either just identifying very quickly so you can go through one by one, or uh, even we have some ways of identifying because people are really good at identifying one, two, three pieces right away so we can bring those, and you just say yes or no, and if it's higher, we'll get, take it to somebody to count. Uh, but the other way that's more even more exciting is we could take the tote and automatically weigh it. Uh, right. And we also can have a camera on top to kind of, if the tote is open from the top uh, mm -hmm. to see what's inside of it and then cycle count it this way. So basically infer the, um, the quantity by weight. So we know how much each uh, piece weighs um, and, you know, and then be able to see how many pieces are inside that tote. Mm, very interesting. So there's a couple of different different ways to go about it. So how, and the camera, I guess, is utilizing a computer vision to understand what the product is in there. Yeah. So it's uh, it's basically a, a pretty uh, basic computer vision because we, we don't have to go and we're not counting with the camera, which is a lot more difficult uh, to do and all that stuff. It's really just kind of identifying is this the right piece or not. And the good thing we have is we have a prior. What's called in the both uh, AI and uh, machine learning, is we know what's supposed to be inside the uh, box. We already know that, okay, this thing is supposed to count, uh, supposed to be all the, you know, the scissors. So we kind of know what we're looking for as well. Interesting. So I guess at the, how does the setup for that work? Because I guess the you have to teach it the items first, yeah. right? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways. So one um, is if the, uh, uh, sometimes our customers have, uh, some images, uh, right. you know, their images, but uh, their uh, uh, of their SKUs, but also their weights and dimensions and all that kind of information. If they don't, we could learn this over time. So even if they don't have the weight, for example, when they do replenishment, mm -hmm. we could take that um, tote, go and scan it, kind of see what's in there and trust that they did the replenishment correctly. And that's learned that over time. So we would put the tote away, uh, take a snapshot of it with a camera, take the weight of it, and then file it away, and then we can label that tote as whatever, you know, if that's, those are the scissors tote right. um, in there, and it has that much weight, and we know that there were supposed to be 50 in there, so therefore, you know, it's like, you know, so many uh, ounces per uh, scissors per one piece. Uh, and then we and basically, and we learned this over time, so let's say somebody, you know, fulfilled the uh, scissors again, we take that to the station again, and then we can see, okay, did that match our assumption? If it didn't, uh, you know, we might call somebody because maybe somebody made a mistake the first time whenever they replanned it, or maybe they made a mistake now. So we can kind of fix that and slowly learn that uh, even better. So even if they have actually some of those uh, dimensions and weights, we can still work with that as well. I want to take a quick break to tell you about Variable and the new solution for on-demand labor. With demand always changing, why is your headcount always staying the same? If you're bottlenecked and overpaying for labor, your business can't keep up, much less scale. You can change that starting right now with Variable's on-demand labor platform. Post your work today and have bids from workers within hours. You'll be breezing through your backlog in no time with the help of the performance-rated workers you select. There's no volume commitments or term agreements, and you pay only for what you use. 
Post your first opportunity today at variableops.com slash the new warehouse. That's V-E-R-Y-A-B-L-E-O-P-S dot com slash the new warehouse. Now back to the show. Gotcha. Very interesting. So, so I guess uh, it's, um, you got to have your, your data in line, essentially. Like you got to have your weights right, dimensions, all that stuff. So, which is a good thing. It pushes you to be, you know, a better uh, data steward in your in your company as well. So, exactly. so now I'm curious. And how, what, is that you don't necessarily have to maintain it yourself, like I said, right? So right. every time we do replenishment, we can check that and make sure that, you know, everything is still consistent with our assumptions. That right. now all of a sudden, one of their vendors change the way the scissors look or change the colors, right? And this is the blue scissors, not the red scissors now. <laughs> That's a different, uh, you know, something we can catch right away. Okay, cool. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, and that's really that's really helpful as well. So I, I'm curious, how does, on the inventory control side, how, how does this compare to other automated solutions? Like, we, we know we've had a couple of different drone companies on the show talk about um, their inventory accounting solutions with drones, but how... How does this compare to those? So there's a couple of uh, differences and we could, so one of the, the differences I think that everybody tried to do, and it's still, we've seen it, it's very difficult to implement. Mm-hmm. Basically put in RFIDs inside the items themselves. Right. The idea there is if you do that, it's actually very easy to count. You can have a RF receiver that will mm-hmm. just read it. They also, each of them have a unique ID. So the object identification problem is very simple. Right. And we could do the same thing in our stations. In fact, initially, when we first started, that's what was our idea. Okay, well, let's just put a reader, and we know exactly you know, how many are in there and what's the, or what's the, the product in there. Yeah. The issue with that is it's, we're still very far away from labeling every single item with an RFID. Right. Uh, a few companies try to do that, but it's still very complex. Yeah. So now what we're dealt with is how do we adapt to the current items that are in the... Uh, and that's the difference. I think a lot of the drones that are out there, some of them are relying, and some customers do have uh, RFIDs, and you know they'll go around and read it. Uh, some drones that are now are doing it will basically be able to count uh, boxes, so like from a bigger set, right? So as they're uh, driving around the warehouse, but they won't be able to see what's inside the tote and how many pieces are inside the tote, unless again, like it has a, an RFID. So the difference there is that we're able to actually kind of pierce right inside the tote and mm-hmm. see what how many items you have left, what kind of item it is that somebody make a mistake, um, something like that. So getting a little bit more granular uh, on that uh, inventory control. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, that was one thing, I guess, with the drones that I've noticed with the technology is it, it can't get to that, like, piece count level like yeah. you're talking about, right? Like, it can handle, like, all right, I see a pallet, and I can tell that it's it's full pallet, which means it's 36, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, but it can't get down to that smaller, smaller, uh, granular level. So, so, and that's really important because that's typically where, you know, most of the mistakes are happening when the boxes are open and things are loose. So, so it's really good that you guys, you guys kind of cover, cover that aspect of it. So, you know, with inventory accuracy, you know, we already, we already talked about it is incredibly, you know, important, um, just to ensure efficiency. Like you talked about the, the travel time, you know, 20% to 30% being wasted because stuff is just not where it's supposed to be. Um, but you know, additionally on accuracy, you know, we also want to make sure that orders are accurate as well. So, you know, inventory accuracy is kind of a, a basis for that beginning, um, yeah. But how, how does the NVIDIA 
uh, solution help to improve overall order accuracy? So if you look at uh, the reasons why people make mistakes, mm -hmm. it's usually because we give them many choices uh, to do. So for example, if you have somebody picking with a cart, walking through the aisles and you tell him, you know, take this item, um, he's got a bunch of totes in front of him, mm -hmm. uh, he or she, and they can pick any one of them. And if they don't pick the right one, that's where you start getting inaccurate results, right? So let's say, you know, trying to take the, uh, the pen, but the beads are right, right next to it. And again, they're under a lot of pressure, right? There are people, they're working fast. They might reach their hand. They're thinking they're putting it into the pens, but they get the, be the beads and put it into the order. Now that order uh, has a mistake. Mm -hmm. What we do is we eliminate those choices. So when the robots come in, in for the people to pick, um, we only give them one tote, one choice. Usually, this is why some of our customers don't like so much the mixed skew. So mixing multiple skews inside a tote. Yeah. So when we bring the tote over to a person, we're giving him only a single choice of what item he needs to pick. Mm. And that eliminates the mistakes dramatically, right? Now, basically, his mistake is uh, that it could be is, is how many items did he pull out of it? Did he pull one, two? Uh, luckily, with Ecom, uh, it's very, very common to basically just pull one item. That's what makes it very difficult is they're not pulling 100. They're really pulling one or two. Uh, and our UI is what we alert the people. We have very clear UIs. For example, we have different colors because, uh, like I said, most of the time you're pulling one. So most of the time you're just taking one and putting it away. Uh, but every once in a while, it's a multi-pick. Mm -hmm. It's a different one. We'll display it in a different color, and that will alert the person, okay, i got to pay attention. Uh, I have to pull two, and then they count it. And then the last piece is the weighing, like we said, the automatic weighing that we could do. So we can go and then weigh the tote uh, afterwards and see, okay, did he really take two? And if he didn't, we can, you know, kind of start figuring out, okay, who's making more mistakes and how can we train them uh, to make uh, less mistakes? The last piece, once everything is done, we actually have a packout QC now that uh, we introduced, which is our software. Okay. So once the tote goes to the packout, they scan the tote and they're actually enables the customer to quickly verify what's inside the tote. We show them a, a visual display with all the images, all the pictures. Uh, by the way, during picking too, another aspect is we show the image of that uh, item that they're supposed to pick. Uh, so if okay. somehow there was a mistake right of that tote, that's how they know they're like, oh yeah, no, that's not the pens, that's the, uh, the beads. Yeah. You know, that's right there. And then we're able to fix it also right away, right? So for the next one, it works well. Uh, so then during the packout QC, we do the same thing. We show them, okay, what's inside the tote? And our customers are able to either, you know, scan uh, real quick the, uh, the SKUs right there and we can just check them off one by one. Or there are certain environments, so for example, uh, a lot of our customers, about 15% of their orders are single uh, unit, single SKU. Mm. So what we do there is we basically put a bunch of them in one tote. And when they come out to pack out, they'll just take the item, scan it, and it will automatically print the right label for that item, put it in, and then they send it out. So they don't have to necessarily think, okay, is this for this customer? And it'd be really, they can, you know, pack things extremely quickly. Yeah. And they take one, you know, scan it. Uh, and then if they're tote, and this is some of our routing, our intelligent routing, if let's say the tote has 10 items in there, then we might bring it to over to a person to count because that's a little bit more complex and we want to make sure that our order goes out the door correctly. So so the last piece, like I said, is this is this PACA QC with this multi-routing where we can route things different places depending on how accurate uh, you want to do that. And we have some customers, you know, that their products, uh, you know, their shipping products that cost about $2,000 each. Oh, and a mistake is very, very costly. So they can deal. go through yeah. these multiple processes, yeah, as opposed to something that costs like, you know, 20 cents. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. In that case, you know, the mistake, they just kind of, you know, write it off real quickly. Yeah, it's just it's just some beads in a pen, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it, the on the weight side, so when they because you're saying, I guess, um, you know, from the inventory accuracy side, it, uh, it can weigh the tote as it as it picks it up for the first time, I guess, right? But then when they pack out the order, now is it going to a scale that's built into a conveyor, or it's going back on the robot and the robot's weighing? How does that work? Uh, no, so it depends, right? But uh, mm-hmm. we have some customers that have a, a scale okay. uh, on their conveyor and it weighs it. Otherwise, they don't, and they just, you know, like I said, they just count the pieces just inside the that, uh, you know, the shipping box by now. Okay, interesting, interesting. So, so now I'm curious, you know, how or do you have some interesting, I guess, case studies where Envia has helped to either improve inventory accuracy or improve order accuracy overall? I'm sure both would go hand in hand, but. Um, yeah. Do you have any really, really cool stories about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, so the first piece that I said mm-hmm. um, actually run across this like almost in everybody. Even we had some customers said, "No, we have a perfect inventory." As soon as we introduce the robots, yeah, the first piece, right? Because they don't make a mistake, mm-hmm. and they're not the person. Because sometimes you know they might have uh, two totes right next to each other, and you tell the person, "Okay, come over here," and it's like, "Oh no, that's not the beads. It's over here," and they just grab it. They actually didn't fix the mistake, and somebody else, you know might grab the wrong one by accident, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, they might continue. With the robots, they'll go there, and they'll say, no, no, this is not the right tote. There's, you know, because they have zero uh, mistakes on which tote they are reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really helps sort of clean up the warehouse. So basically, most of our customers benefit from that right away. So a lot of the case studies that we see right off the bat is a lot of their mistakes go dramatically down. I mean, we go from, like I said, like sometimes... There are about 6% mistakes from all those, right? So some of them, they, they catch it, right. uh, but some of them, they don't, and they end up uh, 6% to less than 1% uh, on the mistakes right off the bat without really introducing much, just introducing, uh, you know, the the robots and cleaning up, if you will, uh, the warehouse. And then the second piece is what they're noticing is for their people is that the pickers are actually now just almost completely eliminated their mistakes. Because now, like I said, we're giving them only one tote, one yeah. choice. And most of the time, like I said, this is because of e-com and the nature of e-com, they're picking only one item. Mm-hmm. So we're able to really eliminate that mistakes almost completely um, to the point that, you know, we have a hospital process that we work with. So any mistakes or anything that gets kicked out, let's say from um, after that packout QC, somebody has to fix it. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, what we see is at first, you know, they might have like, you know, maybe 100 to 200 orders a day that are, you know, they're gathering there, you know, waiting mm-hmm. because they, they made a mistake to like only a few of them um, that end up being there just because usually it's actually then becomes something that was broken. Somebody picked it, uh, but it was broken and the guy didn't think about it. So it's a little bit, you still think about a mistake, but a little bit better now. At least they got the right product, but uh, the product was damaged so they will go out to pick it again. Yeah. Well, that one we talked to the manufacturer because they didn't, they didn't yeah. make it that well, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah i mean it's very interesting because um you know like you said you know people they're like oh the inventory is perfect and this and that but like you said there's that i guess that extra element where a human can think a step further of like oh well, what i need is really here so I, I grab it from here but then they actually never fixed it and i guess the and the robot the is like black and white yeah. so yeah exactly. so the robot's like no it's not here that's it I don't, exactly. I don't care if yeah. it's like right next door. It's it's not here. It's not here. So, exactly. Yeah. If you yeah. want me to pick the one next door, tell me. Then I'll go pick the one. But yeah. you told me to get this one. So that's why I say it's always to a fault because sometimes yeah. they feel like okay, you know, 
why doesn't just fix it? And I'm like, no, because we, we can tell it. Like, what do you want to do now? We know there's a mistake. Yeah. We can take that note, fix it. We can, you know, leave it. We can say pick from there. You could say mm-hmm. that, but we probably don't want to because we know for sure that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, we can look the one, you know, right next door or something like that. But you, you, like I said, if they're, it's to a fault that they are 100% uh, correct, right? It's, it takes our customers a little bit of time to get used to because their people often, you know, think and do other stuff, mm-hmm. which is good. But I think uh, on the low level, we actually want them to think we want them to do this stuff, but we want them to do more on the high level. Like, for example, yeah. this item is damaged. What do you want me to do with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's something the robots is not going to be able to fix but they can fix that. So now they can work on these higher level uh, things. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's really interesting. Um, you know, what you guys are doing and it sounds like since the last time we talked to the uh, whole solution has, has grown even more, which, which is great. Yeah. And I think you guys are really, really doing um, some incredible things in terms of thinking about all the aspects of the process all the way through. And I mean, the whole downtime thing too, where it's, where it's able to, prep orders ahead of time is is a really big deal um so yeah. i'm i'm happy we we caught up and uh you know obviously happy to uh nerd out on inventory control stuff as well as that's my thing um <laughs> so leo i want to i want to thank you so much for uh coming on the show um how can people find out more information about envia so the best place is to go on our website www.inviarobotics.com that's i n b i a robotics.com okay. and from there we got a lot of different um, you know documentations and videos and things like that of what our system uh, does all right, great. And we'll put uh, those links on the newwarehouse.com as well. So Lior, thank you again so much for your time and uh, catching up with me. Thank you very much Kevin. I had a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me on the show. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the New Warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the New Warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.